What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, the No Huddle Show, live from London. I'm here with Mike K for the latest episode of the No Huddle Show, our preview edition from London. It's pretty cool. Yeah, pretty it cool is, to say that. It's it's <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, you know, this is as Corey Clement said, this trip is weird, but you have to appreciate it. And I think that's like the perfect way to talk about having like an NFL coverage beat for like a week in London or a weekend in London. Uh, the sights and the sounds were pretty interesting today. I, I mean, they got a lot accomplished, I felt like, for a team that literally just came off, off the airplane. Um, they had their team meetings when they got off. They got dressed. They were ready to go when they got to Hazelwood. And then... They didn't even have time to have fish and chips before they got to the, the practice. I think now they will get to, <laughs> as we record this Friday night. Um, but... You know, Friday night local time, but not fr- Friday night in Philly. Right? Yeah. I mean, you'll be listening. <laughs> we're we're to all turned. Lunch. We're all turned around right now. I'm gonna yeah, be honest. With this you. has been. We just had lunch at uh at 6 p.m. local time. Yeah, this is brutal. <laughs> um, but you know, they're treating this like a true business trip. Like they're not focused on the novelty of London. They're not. You know, as Leroy Reynolds says, it's like flying to L.A. plus two hours. So it's not that big of a difference. But let me tell you something. It is. Let like, me tell I'm you. Still, I'm still jet lagged. Like I, I still feel it. What do you? Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, we didn't get a night's sleep, and we so we like our night's sleep was on the plane pretty much, and then right. we we spent yesterday exploring a little bit, doing some work, and now yeah, I mean, it, it it's definitely like your body like definitely is like, what are you doing to me right now? Like we're eating at weird times of the day, like we're we're sleeping at weird times of the day, but I mean, if that's the worst thing that we're dealing with this weekend, then I think we'll be okay. Well, and it seems like for the most part the Eagles are only missing guys that missing guys for this game that they've been missing for the last couple of weeks outside of Derek Barnett. Yeah. So, so that's so, so a couple guys didn't travel, which are Darren Sproles, Nathan Gary, uh, Sidney Jones, Derek Barnett was placed on injured reserve finally. And Haloti not as questionable. He did practice on Friday. I think he's going to play. I, he should play, but I mean, how much is he? We've talked about him. I don't know how much he gives you anyway at this point. But right. uh, I really like Trevon Hester and Bruce. Yeah, Hester, yeah, yeah. So. No, me too. I mean, they shouldn't be your number two defensive tackle. But yeah, anyway, we've talked about that plenty. But uh, what they did, they haven't made any other moves this week besides calling Shandon Sullivan up from the practice squad, which is cool. He's he's a good kid. He actually looked really good in the preseason. But people are waiting for something for another shoe to drop, and just how he's holding on to his shoes right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, I don't know if that analogy works. Both of his I don't know if that analogy works, but you get what I'm saying. Well, you know, we we touched. I don't on know how many thing. episodes we can rant about Howie. I'm. <laughs> yeah, we uh we touched on it a little bit uh, last week, but London just puts you in such a weird position entering the trade deadline, right? Because you're in London basically until Monday, and then the deadline's Tuesday and Tuesday at 4 p.m. and like Eastern time. Eastern time, yeah. so. You really only get like a day and a half to to really put your best foot forward there. I mean, obviously they work their phone the phones. Jerry Jones was talking about working the Amari Cooper trade during the Washington Redskins the loss of the Washington Redskins last week. So, and he it, gave up too much by doing that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you know how he can pull something out of his uh, you know out of his hat at any point. But what I want to talk about with you, and I, I was talking to, I think, Jeff McClain earlier today, I think, like, the general vibe from our entire media group is that if they win on Sunday, then there's reason to make a move, because you're 4-4, four and four and you're right in the thick of it, and, you know, there's, you're, you're staying even, 
Washington still has to play another game. You've got five division games left. Blah, 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 blah. If you lose and you're three and five, that's a pretty big hole. Uh, and so is it worth it to invest future assets, which you have quite a few of? But you might need to use those. But right? you might need to use them. Now, like I've said before, I think counting on a ton of rookies is never a smart move. Because that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, it's not a smart move if you want to compete right now. It's right. and like it's going to be good for those guys in the long run. Like you know, Trayvon sure. Hester playing a lot, and even Josh Adams starts playing. All these. Well, I mean, Vontae Hester... Maddox is the best example. He's he's going to go through his bumps as a rookie, and he's going to be ready. To, he's going to be a piece of this defense going forward. Right. Now. So but, there's be, there's positive and negatives, but if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, if you're trying to you know become a contender, then relying on rookies and undrafted rookies and and practice squad call ups isn't the best. <laughs> way to go about that yeah and this team the way it is with the skill players that it has should be have a have a decently long window if you're bringing in a bunch of rookies what is that you know that could be tough to overcome if they especially if they can't perform well off the bat so i think counting on that is is really tough so you know we've talked about Devonte parker who had an incredible game on thursday night in a loss against the texans um we've talked about carl joseph we've talked about all those guys we're going to – our post-game show heading into the bye week uh, will probably focus a lot on the trade deadline. We'll focus on the game as well, but mostly on the game. Um, maybe we'll record another post-game po- – uh, a trade deadline podcast as well. Um, but th- that's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's focus on this game yeah, yeah. And here and well, now. Before we, like, go fully preview, I kind of want to touch on one thing. We've talked about in the past podcasts, but – I, I still don't entirely understand what they're doing with Rasul Douglas, and I get more confused as the days go on. Sure. Um, well, this that has to do with this game. Yeah, yeah, it does. Because he, I mean, he could, he should play a role. But number one, he played safety that one game when they needed him in a pinch. He looked okay. He played corner in week He's, one. He played corner. Was... Other than that, they've barely played him. They signed Dexter McDougal last week, a dude who, as somebody pointed out to me, I didn't even think of it like this. He hasn't played a game technically in 11 months before, and they started him 48 snaps, I believe, and that's more than he played all of last, or close to as much as he played all of last season. He wasn't even good enough to keep around. I mean, this isn't the the, the crap on him. But the point is, they signed this guy and played him right away, and they just re- continue to refuse to play Razul. Uh, Jim Schwartz said to the media the other day, he's like, he's not a safety, and we, we want to focus on the outside, him at outside corner. And then today he was like, when we were there for the brief moments, he was working with the Eagles' safety coach. Like, I, and like, would it surprise you if Shannon Sullivan plays and he doesn't this week? No, it wouldn't no, surprise at me at that's, all. That's what I, like, that, I, I, I try like, to connect those. I dots. think they're handling this situation just so poor. It's not. I mean, he's just a third-round rookie. He's a reserve corner. Like, it's not the end of the world. But like, that's not how you develop talent. Yeah, I mean, I thought he played well as a rookie last year. Yeah, he played quite a bit last year too. That's the another weird part about this. Um. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. It is one of the weird things. One of several weird things that's going on with Ron yeah, yeah, management yeah. here. But yeah, you know, and then he tweeted out. I rem- I forgot. Yeah, I, for- he- I forgot to mention. That. He- he- here, keep talking, and I'll, I'll pull yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He tweeted about, you know, not being replaceable, and, you know, from the outside, you would say, well, not doing anything. You can't replace ridiculous. somebody like me, I promise. And then he did that emoji where, like, the guy's hand's like, I don't He's know. like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they call up Sullivan. Uh, he plays corner, so, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe they want I think he can also play safety, too, which right. they, they're all about uh, cross-training. So. Except for Except Rasool. for Rasool. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We're going to have to get T-shirts except for Rasool. <laughs> Uh, 
But, you know, he's a guy that I think may... This is speculation. He's a guy that plays for the ball, and typically when you play for the ball, you freelance a lot in your responsibilities. Maybe that's something that Schwartz has an issue with. But if that's the case, here's why that wouldn't make sense. Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills bite at almost every double move ever, which in turn, I mean, it's not necessarily, sometimes maybe you're a coach to take that move and whatever, but look, I don't think Rasul's that bad. I mean, I've never seen And, and, uh, sorry to cut you off, but, uh, like, Jim Schwartz has talked a lot about, uh, how they're not forcing turnovers, and that's like, if Rasul Douglas has a skill, it's making plays like that. he's got ball skills. Like you, you, if you, if you, if that's what you want, then you need to put in somebody who's willing to take those risks. And I mean, part of the problem is they don't have a guy in Rodney McLeod who was the one who always cleaned up when a guy mi- missed on those mistakes. So maybe they're not taking those risks because they don't trust Devonte Maddox, that, like as being that deep guy. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I just, Rodney McLeod's going to go down. Like, as... would, would you think they would trade Rizul Douglas? Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe if it was like a player for player swap. Yeah. Um. You know, and maybe sometimes you need, like, a change of scenery. I, I liked him at West Virginia. I mean, he was tied for the, the most interceptions in, co- in college senior year. Um, but, you know, sometimes guys aren't a fit. Sometimes the GM falls in love with a dude, and he doesn't necessarily mesh, mesh with well the coach, with the coach. Yeah. So, just ask John Gruden. Um, <laughs> the entire but, yeah, roster, you know, yeah. it's just it's bizarre to me. I mean, look, every coach has their favorites. Chance Wormack, anybody? Uh, and Jalen Mills is clearly a favorite of Jim Schwartz. Of Jim Schwartz, and Ronald Darby is a guy who's probably the most talented corner on the roster. So if you only view a dude as an outside guy, he's probably not going to get time, and that's somewhat understandable by NFL logistics. But I think he's too talented to not play. Yeah. And I don't have any. There's no reason to believe that he'll be playing more on Sunday. Like they've given no indication that that's the case. Well, so. I think Avante Maddox has played relatively well at free yeah, yeah. safety. So there's no real. That's the, he's probably in. You know what? To play devil's advocate here, he's probably in the same situation if he converts to safety because you have Avante Maddox that they like. Malcolm Jenkins is never coming off the field. So it's one of those things. Now maybe you move him, make him the third safety, and say, hey, you know what, Corey Graham, it's been fun, but we'll see ya. Uh, I think we're close to IR territory with him at, at this point. If, yeah. if they made a deal, he'd probably be the guy that I'd put on IR. Yeah. So, you know, from Force there, <laughs> let's get into this game. Yeah, yeah, that let's is, preview. Uh, the Mike K Bowl. <laughs> yeah, your old beat. What's, what's yeah. it like going against? Is it weird, the team that you just finished covering, like covering the... There are times where I want to say ja- I don't want to say, but I'll accidentally say Jaguars instead of... Eagles, yeah. Eagles and... Um, I got caught today when I asked a question about uh, shit. Let's see if you say it right right now. <laughs> Chandon? Yes. Chandon Sullivan. Yes. I called him Chandon Williams. Many Multiple times, by the way, not just in the press conference. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what I was thinking of. Maybe I was thinking of David Williams, the ja- the guy the Jaguars just signed to running. I don't know. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I was doing a lot of research on their roster uh, just to see how many guys were banged up. But these two teams parallel each other so much. They both had probably the worst case of injury luck out of anybody. You know, they've lost Marquise Lee, Leonard Fournette. A.J. Uh, Bouye is not playing. A.J. Bouye is not going to play Boye. this game. Corey Grant, um, who is essentially their Darren Sproles. You know, they've dealt with injuries along the defensive uh, secondary as far as, you know, 
with Boyer being out, um, just in general, they've had some pretty dumb. Oh, their offensive line, they've lost their starting left tackle, their backup left tackle, uh, Cam Robinson and Josh uh, Wells. They signed Andrew Norwell, who's this veteran who was an all pro, who was supposed to be this great player, and he's he looked like crap from the get go. Uh, he got the highest guard salary in the league. Um, and, you know, their quarterback play has not been very good, but. The thing about the Jaguars is, and I think something that's like lost on a lot of people, is that they've designed this offense to be built around Leonard Fournette. And so when you don't have the one guy, which is dumb to just base it around anybody other than a quarterback in a passing league, uh, if he's not in that offense, it just doesn't work. And I think TJ Yeldon has played very good. Watch out for him as a potential Eagles target uh, in free agency. He's absolutely perfect for Doug Peterson's uh, offense. He's probably one of the best blitz pickup guys in the league. He's a really good receiver. Um, decent straight line speed. He's really improved this year. But for not having Fournette, not having that hard-nosed guy, it's been very tough. They employ a fullback, Tommy Bohan and the Texans killer. Well, they just got Carlos Hyde, too. Yeah, they did. Well, he's not a fullback. But yes, I know what I'm saying, Carlos but in terms Hyde. of their backfield, they have a few guys now, yeah. And this will be his first game. I'm anxious to see how that goes. I think the I'm Eagles curious what kind of workload they give him in his in his first game. I think the Eagles will do relatively well against these running backs for what it's worth. Um, you know, as far as their weaknesses go, a lot of people talk about Jalen Ramsey. Obviously, AJ Boy is not there, so you'll have even more freed up in the passing game. But uh, if you attack them across the middle, there's nothing they can do. Barry Church is not very good in zone coverage. They play a lot of cover three. Uh, to Sean Gibson, we talked about freelancing. That's something that he does when he plays single high. Um, one moment he'll impress the heck out of you. The next moment he'll give up a huge play. Jalen hasn't played as well as he did last year. I think um, he's had some injury issues as well. Uh, uh, the linebacker group, though, is going to be a challenge because I, I don't think there's a, there's ever been a faster linebacker duo than Miles Jack and Delvin Smith. They can pick up a lot of space and short time and if you're going to run the ball outside you're not going to play very well but we'll talk about the defensive line a little bit later what's your initial thoughts just from what you know I mean it's interesting because this was a game that as recently as even when it was announced or maybe a little after like this this was an AFC team that almost made the Super Bowl they should have beat the Patriots and that and you have the Eagles who won the Super Bowl so before the season you're looking at like the most ideal possible for this game, like, because I don't know if they've had a marquee matchup quite like this, like, on paper. Who the Jaguars or the Eagles? No, I'm saying in London. I'm saying oh, the London game. Yeah, games. they haven't. This is the biggest yeah. game in London. So I mean, so you have that, and both now it's like both teams have gone the other way, and they're pretty big disappointments relative to their expectations. They both need this win in a in a really serious way, and. I don't know. There's a lot of intrigue in this game, but I still am not, like whoever wins this game. I'm still not very confident in them going unless that that team dominates. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know. It, it, it's just going to be very interesting, and they, it's an interesting matchup. Like two different styles. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you have a quarterback you're confident in, a quarterback who could either be the worst quarterback you've ever seen, or might look like an MVP on, on a, any given night. And he's been great in London and Blake Bortles. Uh, Actually, let's talk about matchups right now. I, one of the matchups I wrote down was Blake Bortles versus himself. Yeah, because I no, feel like, he, a, feel like he's his own matchup. worst enemy. 
<laughs> you can typically tell uh, within the first ten how plays he's gonna do, how yeah. he's going to do. He's he's that type of once quarterback. he throws it off somebody's helmet. Yeah. Right, Carson. He's a completely different player than Carson. Carson yeah, had yeah. a terrible first half and then yeah. light it. That's up one of Carson's half. best skills, actually. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but we always talk about Jay, one of the positives of Jalen Mills is like Jalen Mills can like get over a play really easy. Blake's that way. I mean, I guess when you give up a lot of big plays or what have you, I think Blake Bortles is a lot better than a lot of people give him credit for. Um, if he plays within the system and he is able to be a little bit cautious from turnovers, which I think he will be in this game, just because the pass rush isn't that good, um, and your your the corners aren't that good, so I think he'll have a little bit of wiggle room to feel confident in that pocket. Well, so do you think that it'll be in it because there's a, the coach has publicly said, which isn't very frequent, that if he like they're they're ready to pull him out if he struggles like that. How do you think he handles that part of the the pressure? He is a guy. Um, to understand his psyche, he's a guy that grew up in Oviedo, Florida, a couple of, you know, like 20 minutes from Orlando. He played his college football in Orlando, and then two hours, then he got drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars two hours away. He is a guy that is just a bro. And I don't think, <laughs> not that he doesn't care about winning or losing, but I don't think he lets anything get too serious that it impacts his ability to play the game. Um, I don't think the benching matters because he was bench. He was almost benched for Chad Henney last year, and that was one of the weirdest coverage weeks of my career. Uh, he kind of brushed it off. He is a very, very even keel sort of guy. Um, actually, your personalities are relatively similar. Me and you. Blake Bortles. Yeah. Hey, I I go Zach, and to give you the audience that want to understand. Hey, I want to plan this and do this. Eh, we'll we'll figure it out. <laughs> That's Blake Bortles. Um, <laughs> Except he does that with, uh, with like going playing in a football game. <laughs> right. So what I'll say is this. I think – I like Cody Kessler. I think Cody Kessler had one of the best training camps I've seen. Granted, he was going up against the number two defense for the, the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, which is something we'll talk about later because Carson Wentz is going to be targeting uh, three undrafted rookie cornerbacks opposite Jalen wow. Ramsey. Uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit later when we talk about the defense. Or, or we talk about the offense. But, yeah, I, I, Blake, look, Fletcher Cox is going to be a problem for him. Because if he can't step up, I mean, he can he can get mobile, but I think Jordan Hicks and, and Nigel Bradham have enough range that they'll be able to kind of subdue him like they did Cam Newton for the first three quarters. And then, well, you saw what happened. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is a good matchup for the Eagles. I think they do get some turnovers in this one. But I also think it's a good matchup for Blake in that I don't think he has to press as much because it's not like he's going up against all pro corners and their pass rush is that consistent. Yeah. I, I We're going we're gonna to know how those games are going to go based on pretty much how Bortles plays, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. There's no doubt. Like If he's bad, then the Eagles can force some turnovers, which they haven't. And then when, when the Eagles do that, they win. So. Well, the thing is about Blake is Blake typically plays up to his competition and you know, I wouldn't be shocked tomorrow if he comes away with three touchdowns. And three I guess that depends on if he thinks as highly as everybody's supposed to about the Eagles or as highly as they actually look. <laughs> yeah, Malcolm Jenkins is probably... Yeah, true. That, that probably might not have helped. ...saying that. But, I, you know, bulletin board material, whatever. I think whatever. The, defense, the Jaguars' defense is the one that cares about that more. Um, we, we mentioned running back. They're bringing in Hyde. They've got Yeldon. Hyde's pretty much Leonard Fournette, like Leonard Fournette light, so I think that'll work out for them. I don't think they're going to have a great game in this one just because the Eagles have the second-best rushing defense. 
And to anyone not named Saquon Barkley, they're probably first. <laughs> yeah, well, and neither one of these guys is really a, a bounce outside. Dude. Yeah. If he, this team can shut down North and South runners. Um, again, they do employ a fullback. Tommy Bohannon plays about 20. All you ever want to talk about is the fullback. All right, well, <laughs> he plays about 20. Snaps. He can actually catch the ball in short yardage. That's something to be uh, wary of. The offensive line. Here's what I want to talk to you about. The Eagles Josh, offensive line? What? Eagles or Jaguars? The Jaguars offensive line. So their right tackle, Jeremy Parnell, went out and trained with our buddy Duke Manyweather and Lane Johnson. Uh, so did uh, the right guard, A.J. Can. A.J. Can's played much better. Jeremy Parnell, not so much. Um, their center, Brandon Linder, is very, very good. Um, their left guard, Andrew Norwell, who I mentioned before, is not very good. He was an all-pro last year. It might be something to do with Pat Flaherty's system that he's just not playing well, or maybe he's got, you know, he's regressing or having that come-back-down-to-earth kind of game or right now. Um, and then their left tackle. Okay, so Josh Walker was a journeyman that they claimed off waivers last year. He played, like, three games. Uh, he was the th- third-string guard for them this year. Now he's playing left tackle, a position he's never played. He started the last two games. Uh, I, I think I read somewhere he's given up 18 pressures in three games. Uh, that's more than, like most of the league does in seven. Um, this is going to be a good game and a good test for Josh Sweat if he can get some time in there. Uh, I think Michael Bennett's going to really give him a tough time, especially in that first quarter, as he does. <laughs> uh, not a good match. I mean, it's a good matchup for the Eagles in that their pass rush has been very inconsistent, but I think he... I, I think Bennett, Sweat, Fletcher Cox, and maybe even Trevon Hester can, can have a good game. I'm curious how many snaps they give Sweat. Because the last game he... Uh... When Barnett was out, he, I think he played like eight snaps. So he didn't play. It was mostly in the first half. So I wonder if they still go with that or they finally start like rotating him in. I think that was supposed to be like a one-game fix. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I think they realize they need him to be part of that regular rotation. I would bet he gets at least 20. Um, moving over to uh, their defense, Calais Campbell is very good at beating zone blocking. Um I think he, they're going to move him around. He plays nose. He plays three technique. He plays five technique. He plays six. He plays four. He plays nine. Wonder nine. if they try, they try and get him to attack uh, Sayamala's area. Yeah, I mean that's that's the question, right? Um, I think that Calais has played really well against the run his years in Jacksonville. We'll see how he does here. Um, the defensive ends. I think Yanni Kingakwe might be one of the best defensive ends in the entire league. He leads the league over the last several years in sack fumbles. Uh, that's going to be something to worry about with Carson Wentz, as he has given up fumbles on sacks quite regularly. Uh, I also think he'll do relatively well against Jason Peters, who compared him to Von Miller today when I talked to him. Um, at right tackle, you'll probably see a lot of Calais Campbell versus Lane Johnson. Inside, though, they have a three-man rotation. Avery Jones, Malik Jackson, and Marcel Darius. Marcel Darius is the run stopper. Um, Avery Jones is really good about getting his hands up with the ball in the air. He constantly breaks up passes. And then Malik Jackson's the three technique. I think he is a top five three technique in the league. He will be tough. If Carson can't step up in the pocket, he's going to have to check his mobility. Be more mobile. I think in this game, he's going to have to be more mobile than he's ever than he's been this season. It seems like he's a little hesitant to run at times, hesitant to make plays with his legs. This will be a game where I think he'll be pushed out of the pocket quite regularly. Uh, you look at the linebackers, like I said, Miles Jack and Telvin Smith, next-level speed. 
Um, they have a rookie who's playing Sam linebacker, Corey Clement's old college teammate, Leon Jacobs. He had a pretty decent summer. Um, and then cornerback, Jalen Ramsey may shut down Jeffrey. We'll see. He's not, like I said, he hasn't played as well as he did last year. Um, that's going to be an intriguing matchup just because I think it sets the tone because those are two physical guys at their position. They're two bigger guys at their positions. Um, but with Boye out, they're going to start Quentin Meeks, uh, a draft Twitter favorite. <laughs> but he was relatively—I mean, he was an undrafted rookie. He started the season on the practice squad. Um, he's very—he's not very quick. And I think if you can move a guy like Sheldon Gibson out there or Nelson, Aguilar, another guy who they haven't really played at all, right? Uh, then you can be able to take advantage of that. I actually think it's a good matchup for Jordan Matthews because I think he's a pretty crafty route runner, and I, he's also a bigger guy, so I think he'll be able to get open against Meeks, and then. Inside, the the story of training camp, in my opinion, was this guy Trey Herndon from Vanderbilt. Really good nickel corner uh, during the preseason and training camp. Played very well in special teams. He's only played two snaps on defense this year. So, Nelson Aguilar, enjoy enjoy your meal, pretty much. He's, he's another guy. They've only really targeted him uh, like at the line of scrimmage or behind it. I'm curious if they finally start... Moving him down the field a this little more. One, this is the one. If, I mean, if, if, if that's how they view him, then we'll find out this weekend, basically. Yeah, Carson Wentz said that he could be a deep threat out of the slot. I think. And they've, they've been saying that all year, though. So I, until I until they actually start using him as that, I'm not going to believe it. All right, all right. We'll I mean, see. there's Maybe seven game. There's so. a seven game sample size. So that's true, but only five with Carson. I mean, he, it was same thing with Foles though. They weren't targeting him down the field. He was doing all the work himself. Yeah, that's true. And maybe he's the type of guy that you do need to set up for Yak. You know, maybe that's just what the difference is. So that's kind of a run rundown. Their kicker, Josh Lambeau, I don't think has missed a field goal this year. He's been on like an incredible streak over the last two years. They don't really have him kick distance field goals. Like it's he's rarely going to attempt stuff over 50, but that's just something to keep in mind. They have a rookie punter who takes a little bit longer to uh, wind up that leg. That could be an opportunity for Dave Phipp and his crew. Um, but yeah. That's that's kind of the rundown of the Jaguars roster. And so from there, let's talk about the Eagles, you know, because this is an Eagles podcast. What? I think that, oh, we didn't talk about wide receivers or tight ends. You know why? Because they really aren't that big of a deal. The tight ends have been beaten up. They're actually only probably going to start. They're only going to play two tight ends in this game. It'll be uh, David Greenwich, who was on their practice. I mean, it's pretty today. normal to only play two tight ends in a game, though. No, they're only going to have two active tight ends. Oh, I see. Oh, like, I, like yeah, they ruled out James Able Thomas to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Osho. Um, <laughs> so David Greenwich, who's from Delaware, suppose, I guess, according to Martin Frank, uh, <laughs> he was on their practice squad, didn't really do anything during the preseason. And then they've got another uh, tight end who they brought in from Minnesota, who, whose name's escaping me. Um, at wide receiver, D.D. Westbrook and Keelan Cole can stretch the field, but if you can press them or knock them off their route, I don't think that Jalen Mills and, and Darby are going to have a lot of problems in this one. Um, and then you've got Dante Moncrief, who had trouble with his passport, but is, <laughs> but is here. Um, but yeah, anyway, I think this is a good matchup for the Eagles because of the injuries. Before, I probably would have maybe picked the Jaguars, just because I think you go with whoever has the better quarterback, and I think Carson's like eons better than Blake Bortles. Um, I also think that the Jaguar, the Eagles' weapons are better. Um, I think this is a good opportunity for Josh Adams and uh, Wendell Smallwood. If you can run north to south, you, you should be able to do relatively well against this team. Um, but yeah, what do you got? 
I don't know. I think I, I think ranted we, for like. No, I mean you have you have a lot of Jaguars knowledge. I think we covered a lot of bases right there. <laughs> um, yeah, because you you talked even about how the Eagles matched up with them really well. So, yeah, I mean I think we can get into our predictions. What 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 do you have for this week? Uh, I'm gonna go with Eagles 23, Jaguars 21. I think it's gonna be a close game, but only because I think you're gonna have another. It's gonna be one of those ones where it's 20 to to like. Uh, 20 to 7. I mean, like last week was yeah. 17 to 0 and then 21 to 17. Eagles will close and they'll kick a field goal to win it. Um, now you got Jake Elliott, bounce back game. He needs one. Yeah. In a bad way because, and and if it's 23, then he means he kicked three field goals. Uh, so, look. They're not worried about Elliott. I genuinely feel listening to Doug Marone that they feel confident in him. You mean Doug Peterson? See what I mean? <laughs> you were, you've been so good. You haven't done yeah, that in so long. I know. To be, this is the only week it's excusable because right. they're playing each other. <laughs> yeah. So Peterson, I think, I think is very confident in this group. He doesn't really seem like he's he's gotten defensive a little bit in press conferences. More with the media than with his team, I think. Right. I think this is a game where they kind of write the wrong, write the ship. I still think this is a nine and seven team, but I think a nine and seven team can win you the division, and I think the Eagles are fully in control of that. If they go into this, if going into the bye week at four and four as opposed to three and five could really set them up for a really positive outcome in the in the second half of the season. You know, I, I agree with all that. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it'll probably be a similar score as last week. And I've hesitated with this because of how banged up the Jaguars might even be. Like in terms of like the guys that are injured, they might even be more banged up than the Eagles. You could you could argue. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I, I've picked the Eagles every week, and I think it's time I changed it. I think oh, okay. <laughs> I have the Jaguars. I had it as 21 to 14. I'm going to say 21 to 17. Keep the same exact score as last week. I don't think it'll go the same way. I, don't, I think it'll be the Eagles trying to come back in the fourth as opposed to holding off a comeback. Huh, that's what I would say. So, it, And we haven't really seen them have to do that very much. Right. So um, I, I certainly could see them winning. If they get back on track, this is a game that they need to start doing that. Uh, they get a bye after this, and they get the Cowboys, which – if they lose this one, becomes the most important game of the season. Because if you start losing the division teams at home, then we everybody has to stop pretending like there's hope because they're playing all the division teams. So if they can go into that game with a win, then you're feeling pretty good the rest of the way. It's funny how quickly things can turn. Like if they lose this game, we might just give up on the season. If if they if they I mean, if they win this game, then all of a sudden you're feeling like pretty good. So well, here, here's why: because you have five division games, right? You lose this game, you're three and five. And then you like need to win all the division games. Well, yeah, let's say you win all the division, but then you're only 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you need to win this one. This is the one that can get you to 9-7, and seven, in, in my opinion. I mean, it's, it, it, I don't think they can beat the Saints. I don't see them beating the Rams as of right now. But, I, I, and even Houston looks good. So, you know, you've got to win your division games, and you got to win this one, kid. I mean, like, that's pretty much it. I agree. All right, we'll end on that note. Uh, if you guys are in London, let us know. Maybe come say hi to us or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a lot of Eagles events and stuff going on. I'm sure we'll, we'll stop by that stuff at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're not, if you're just watching the game from from Philly, enjoy wake, setting your alarm on Sunday morning. Make sure you do. It's 9:30 a.m. kick in in Philly. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't in Arizona when I the games would be at 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. depending on the time of the year. And even then, it was like you had. To, I mean, that was awesome. Waking up to football is yeah. a great feeling. 9:30 is early, so you know if you're if you're the type that likes to drink when you watch the games, make sure you have your uh, champagne and yeah, orange juice ready have, to go. <laughs> have, have mimosas as opposed yeah, to beer. So get get some beerios yeah. going. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> on All that right. note. On that note, enjoy your beerios. This has been Zach Rosenblatt and Mike K. Thanks for listening, guys. Deuces.